If you will, open your Bibles with me tonight to the book of Jonah. Jonah chapter 2. want us to think tonight about Jonah's prayer of faith, Jonah chapter 2. Then Jonah prayed unto the Lord his God out of the fish's belly, and said, I cried by reason of mine affliction unto the Lord, and he heard me. Out of the belly of hell cried I, and thou heardest my voice, for thou hast cast me into the deep in the midst of the seas, and the floods compassed me about. All thy billows and thy waves passed over me. Then I said, I am cast out of thy sight, yet I will look again toward thy holy temple. The waters compassed me about, even to the soul. The depth closed me round about, the weeds were wrapped about my head. I went down to the bottoms of the mountains. The earth with her bars was about me forever. Yet hast thou brought up my life from corruption, O Lord my God. When my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord, and my prayer came in unto thee, into thine holy temple. They that observe lying vanities forsake their own mercy. For I will, but I will sacrifice unto thee with the voice of thanksgiving. I will pay that that I have vowed. Salvation is of the Lord. And the Lord spake unto the fish, and it vomited out Jonah upon the dry land. In reading this prayer of Jonah, I think of several New Testament scriptures which speak of faith. For instance, in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6, But without faith it is impossible to please him, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Jonah believed. He believed that God is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Romans 4 and verse 18 The scripture says, who against hope, speaking of Abraham, who against hope believed in hope. Abraham, he had no hope in him and his wife's bodies being able to produce a son, but against hope, he believed in hope. Paul went on to say there about Abraham that he was strong in faith, giving glory to God. Humanly speaking, Jonah surely had no hope whatsoever of deliverance from the fish's belly, but he believed in hope. One of Matthew Henry's comments on this passage is, he said, here is a fierce struggle, a fierce struggle between sense and faith, but faith had the last word and came off conqueror. And so I want us to think of these two things tonight, sense, S-E-N-S-C, sense, and faith, and look at them in this experience of Jonah. First, sense. 
There are three things about what Jonah must have sensed. Number one, he was afflicted. We read that in verse 2. He said, I cried by reason of my affliction. The word that is translated hell in that verse sometimes is, is for the grave. And his sense was that he was in his grave. He was somehow buried alive, we might say, in the fish's belly. The great fish that he was in took in water, and with, with the water it took in, it took in seaweeds. And those seed, seaweeds wrapped around Jonah's head. He sensed that the fish had descended to the bottoms of the mountains of the floor of the sea. And in his journey, in the belly of the fish, he saw no way of escape. All doors of hope were closed. The earth with her bars was about me forever, he said. We may assume that Jonah had read of other men in the Old Testament who lived before him that God had delivered. He probably was familiar with Job. Job sitting on the ash heap, scraping himself, scraping the balls on his body, but yet God delivered him. God restored his health and, and restored all of his possessions to him, even more so. He probably was familiar with Joseph. Joseph was in Egypt in a prison, but God delivered him and raised him to become second in authority there in Egypt. And no doubt he remembered David, King David, that time that he went into a cave, him and some of his men, and then Saul, who was searching for David to kill him, Saul and his men came into that cave. I mean, there was no way, humanly speaking, David's going to get out of that cave that he's going to be delivered. And yet he was. God delivered him. But Jonah, he had never read of anyone that God had delivered from a watery grave like he was in. So since, I believe, told Jonah that there was no hope for him, no hope whatsoever for him. You know, when God begins dealing with a sinner that he is going to save many times, that person begins to experience something like this. He believes there's just no hope for him. He realizes, yes, God is a Savior, and the Lord Jesus Christ saves others, but there's no hope for me, that somehow he's different. Somehow his situation is just hopeless. God brings men and women into that place, like Jonah was brought here. The second thing, he knew that it was the Lord's doing. If you notice his words, the words thou and thy, In verse 3, thou hast cast me into the sea. Thy billows and thy waves passed over me. Jonah knew better than to attribute his situation to bad luck. You know, like so many people talk, they, they say, I've had a string of bad luck. There's no such thing as luck. Or had a bad experience or a bad accident. There are no accidents with God. And many people, it seems today, want to blame everything on 
Mother Nature. <laughs> I hear that all the time, don't you? Mother Nature. No, Jonah knew better than that. He knew that it was God who had placed him in the condition, in the condition where he was. The mariners had cast him into the sea, and that's a picture of substitution in itself. When the mariners cast Jonah into the sea, he was cast over as a substitute, and the sea became calm then. The mariners were saved. Picture of substitution, the work of the Lord Jesus Christ. Look with me back a few pages in Psalm 39. Sometimes we hear people say, well, my God wouldn't do that. That may be true. That may be true. Maybe your God wouldn't do that. But here's the thing. Is your God the God of the Bible? (laughs) Is that your God or is your God some image that you have formed in your mind and he just wouldn't do these things that we know God does according to the word of God. He works all things after the counsel of his own will. Here in Psalm 39, David said, I was dumb. In other words, he didn't speak. I opened not my mouth because thou didst it. Remove thy stroke away from me. I am consumed by the blow of thine hand. God is not the author of sin, that's for sure. But there cannot be evil, the Scripture says, in the city, and the Lord hath not done it. Now, that's not talking about moral evil. God cannot commit sin. He's not the author of sin. Who doesn't tempt men to sin. But what is called evil, what people call bad luck... (laughs) Evil things that happen. Yes, God is the author of these things. Sense told Jonah that God was against him. So sense first told him that there was no hope for him. And then sense told him that God was against him. And again, I say when God is bringing a sinner to his son, to the Lord Jesus Christ, Many times that's the experience that a person has. That God is against me. That God is against me and there's no hope for me. And that's a good place, really. When God brings a a person to that place. When God brings a person to realize that he has no hope to cause that person to look to Christ to be his only hope. All of his hope. All of his expectation. And then Jonah, he concluded the worst about himself. If you look in verse 4, he said, I am cast out of thy sight. That's interesting, isn't it? Jonah telling the Lord, I'm cast out of thy sight. We might say, well, Jonah, isn't that what you wanted? Isn't that what you desired? Look back in chapter 1. When God had commanded him to go to Nineveh, 
Verse 2, it says, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah rose up to flee unto Tarshish. Now notice, from the presence of the Lord. Isn't that what you desire, Jonah? To, to be away, be out of the presence of the Lord, and now you're lamenting the fact that you're cast out of His sight? There's a proverb which tells us that the backslider shall be filled with his own ways. One of the ways that God chastens his children is by giving us what we have asked for, what we want. And then when we get what we want, we realize maybe that wasn't the best thing. Maybe that wasn't the best thing at all. In verse 7, Jonah says, My soul fainted within me. Literally, it is my soul enfolded itself within me. My soul enfolded itself within me. When I read that, I thought about the pictures that we've all seen when they take down a building, a large building several stories high in the middle of a town. And they want that building just to fall right down where it is, not to scatter out over two or three blocks. And so they put the explosives in the places where they know when they go off, it's going to fall down in place. And that's what Jonah is saying here when he says, my soul is enfolded within me. I have nothing to lean upon, nothing without, nothing within. As the Apostle Paul said, without were fightings and within fears, my soul fainted. This is what Job, uh, this is what Jonah said, my soul fainted in me. So there's three things I believe that sense told Jonah. He had no hope. God was against him and he had brought this upon himself. He brought all this upon himself. That made it even worse. I've, been suffering for the last several weeks with uh, some pain, sciatica nerve. Some of you probably have had that too. But you know, it's been bad, but what made it worse, I brought that on myself. <laughs> I know I did by something I was doing that I shouldn't have been doing with a, with a shovel and, and some other work with concrete. I brought that on myself. Made it, makes it worse, you know. Jonah realized that what he was experiencing, he had brought upon himself. And in a, in the sense of a sinner coming to Christ, we realize, God makes us to realize, the Holy Spirit does, that we've brought this upon ourselves. That in our head, our father Adam, that we sinned, that we sinned in him. And not only did we sin in him, the guilt of his sin was imputed unto us, but when we came into this world, we began to sin, and we've continued to sin. We've brought this upon ourselves, our estrangement from God, being enemies of God because of our sin. So since, as I said, since told Jonah he had no hope, that God was against him, and that he had brought this all upon himself. But now I want us to look at faith 
And there are four things about Jonah's faith. First of all, Jonah prayed unto the Lord his God. Notice that in verse 1. Then Jonah prayed unto the Lord his God. The fact that he prayed at all shows that he had faith. You know, and Job, Job said, the hypocrite shall not always call upon God. Job was not a hypocrite. He, he did call upon the Lord. He did have faith and he showed his faith by calling upon God as his God. He was in affliction. And this caused him to cry, as verse 2 said. And I cried by reason of mine affliction. Yes, even in affliction, God was still his God. God was his God. You know, in the Song of Solomon, the bride is the church. The bride represents the church in the Song of Solomon. And, of course, the bridegroom, the Lord Jesus Christ. But in one place she says, My beloved is mine, and I am his. I am his. Christ is the churches in several different ways. Christ is the churches by the Father's gift of him to her, to be her head. The Father gave him to be our head, to be our husband, to be our Savior. Plus the Lord Jesus Christ, he gives himself to his church, to be her redeemer, to be the ransom price that has to be paid. He's the believers by marriage, and all that he has is hers. That's hard to get a hold of, isn't it? All that Christ has is yours, if you're one of his tonight. His blood is yours to cleanse you from all your sin. His righteousness is yours to justify you before God Almighty. Everything that he has is yours. And you are complete in him, accepted in the beloved. So many uh, believers, I believe, they, they struggle with this matter of assurance. And sure as anything, when we struggle with assurance, it's because we're not looking to Christ. We're looking to self. And if you've just recently been saved, or if you've been saved for 50 years or 70 years, I don't care how long, any time a believer takes his eyes off Christ and begins to look at himself, he's going to have doubts and fears and struggles. Because this flesh doesn't improve. (laughs) The Lord Jesus Christ told Nicodemus, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. It was born flesh, and it's going to die flesh. That which is born of the Spirit is spirit. The new man, the new nature that cannot sin. Yes, but we still have that old nature that that loves sin. Every believer is his by gift. We were all given unto the Son by the Father in that eternal covenant of grace. Every believer is his by purchase. He purchased us at the cross. The scripture says we're bought with a price. And we are his by conquest. We're his by conquest. He conquered us. He came by his spirit and his word and conquered us. 
and caused us to bow to, to Christ as our Lord and as our Savior. You know, earnest prayer is the result many times of affliction. Jonah was in, in affliction. There's no question about that. And he cried. The scripture says, verse 2, And I cried by reason of mine affliction. And I don't know about you, but I'm sure most of us here have been in affliction at one time or the other, and that's all we could do. That's all we needed to do, really, but that's all we could do is just crying to the Lord. There was no way to look. There was no hope in anything else. And so we cried unto the Lord. Affliction many times moves God's children to true prayer, to seeking the Lord in earnest. And Jonah took comfort in God's mercy. I know this because he said, notice in verse 4, I will look again toward thy holy temple. Jonah took comfort in God's mercy. I will look again toward thy holy temple. He knew that there was a temple in Jerusalem, and he knew that that temple was all about God being merciful, God being propitiated. That's the word that publican used when he went into the temple to pray. He wouldn't so much as lift his eyes toward heaven, smote upon his breast, but said, God, be merciful, be propitious to me, the sinner. That is, save me by the blood sacrifice, by the atonement, by the atoning work of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jonah knew that that temple in Jerusalem, and I don't know how he knew which direction to look to, <laughs> but, but he looked towards God's holy temple because he knew that temple stood for mercy. There was a priest there in that temple who was ordained of God. There was an altar there where sacrifices were offered every day. They were offered unto God. I know they were typical, but by faith, these Old Testament believers, they looked to the, the object, not the type, but the antitype. The, the, the Passover lamb was a type. Christ is the antitype. He is the Passover lamb. He is our Passover. And Jonah knew that about that temple. He looked there. He knew it was a place of mercy. He knew there was a priest, that there was an altar, there was a sacrifice, and he knew that there was a mercy seat. He had never seen it. I know that. He had never seen that mercy seat, but he knew there was one, and it was sprinkled with the blood of an animal, the blood of an animal that pictured the Lord Jesus Christ and his precious blood that redeems his people from all iniquity. Again in verse 7, he says, My prayer came in unto thee, into thy holy temple. You know, it was there at that mercy seat that God had told Moses, There I will meet with thee. He didn't say he'd meet with them anywhere else. And that's the only place where God will meet with the sinner. That mercy seat we know is Christ. There I will meet with thee, and I will commune with thee from above the mercy seat, from between the two cherubim, which are upon the ark of the testimony. So Jonah took comfort in God, God's mercy. 
And then we see that Jonah's confidence in God, it grew. We see this in verse 6 when he said, I went down to the bottom of the sea, went down to the bottoms of the mountains. The earth with her bars was about me forever. Yet, now notice this, hast thou, hast thou brought up my life from corruption? Well, he was still at the bottom of the sea. <laughs> he was still in the fish's belly. But he believed God. Thou hast brought me up, he says, brought up my life from corruption. His deliverance had not yet come, but he speaks of it as though it was already accomplished. And the scripture says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And then the fourth thing I noticed, Jonah offered the sacrifice of praise in verse 9. He said, I will pay that I have vowed salvation is of the Lord. And that shows us that Jonah had assurance that he had been forgiven, that his soul had been reconciled to God, that he had been washed from his sins and restored to that place of fellowship with God, that place of worship and communion with him. Now, let me ask this question. How, how are we to relate to this prayer and be encouraged? How are we to relate to this prayer of Jonah and be encouraged? Well, when we are tempted and sometimes we are to believe or to think, well, everything's gone, everything's lost, that everything's against me, that there's no hope. <laughs> you ever get like that? I'm sure you have at one time or the other. You get down and, and you just think, well, there's just no hope for me. Hope thou in God. That's what the psalmist said. Hope thou in God. Look to the temple like Jonah did. Look to the sacrifice. Look to the, the mercy seat, the Lord Jesus Christ. When tempted to give up, you know the only reason you haven't given up, if you are a child of God today, you've been serving the Lord for a year, two years, ten years, fifty. The only reason you haven't turned back, God's grace. You think about it. If you get as old as I am and think about different people we've walked with and, and where are they now? They're gone. They went out from us because they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have no doubt continued with us. But it's God's grace that gives men and women that persevering grace that we need. Hope thou in God. Trust in the Lord and His grace. Remember these words, and I'll close with this. David said, I had fainted. That's what Jonah said. David said, I had fainted. Unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I would have fainted. I would have quit. I would have given up unless I had believed. You know, faith doesn't save us. We realize that. It's Christ who saves us. But everyone who is saved trusts in Christ, has faith in Christ. 
We are commanded to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every, every creature and declare whosoever believeth in him and is baptized shall be saved. Whosoever believeth not shall be damned. We preach to dead men and women, lost men and women, but we preach to them as though they had the ability which we know they don't have. But God's the one who gives the ability. And along with the command, many times when it's God's purpose, goes the power. It's like you read there about uh, Warburton just a few minutes ago. He was determined not to listen to Mr. Gadsby. But God had another determination. And God's determination won the day, right? Amen.